Victoria. From the London Underground to the Taipei Metro, the people of our world are going places. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. In a few minutes, we're going to head over to Jukebox Republic, a music show hosted by Shirley Lin. But first, we're going to kick off the week with Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, August 31st. I'm John Van Trieste and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello. In just a moment, we'll be talking to you about someone who has a very interesting project, putting Taiwan's banknotes in perspective. We'll be telling you what we mean by that. Then progress in figuring out where the microplastics in Taiwan's waters are coming from. And new Taipei schools are set to get a Southeast Asian twist. We'll be telling you what we mean by that, too, in just a moment. to think that Taiwan has some particularly attractive banknotes as far as banknotes go. There's lots of uh, beautiful designs uh, from drawn from Taiwan's nature, its flora, its fauna, and uh, its natural scenery as well. Now, uh, there's someone, is it a visitor here or someone who lives no, here? No, someone who lives here. Okay, who has been <laughs> launched a very interesting project. <laughs> I, I think they went through a lot of effort, let's just put it that way, oh, yeah. to uh, show the real places where these scenes come from. Now, the right. drawings of these scenes, obviously, this guy seems to be going in real life to the places that the yeah. scenes are drawn from. Yeah, he really, you know, went out of his way to do this, but I'm sure it was fun for him. So he's, uh, he's, he's a Reddit user mm -hmm. nicknamed, you know, Aster, wait, not asterisk, what do you call it? Um, IB-45, so I don't even have his full name. But anyway, so um, he showed two pictures. Okay. One was the uh, $100 a New Taiwan dollar bill, which equals to like three US dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. It's very common. Yes. And, um, and so he had it aligned with a building in the background, and that building is actually on uh, Yummy Mountain. It's like split in half. It's like a split screen. Right. Half is the bill. Half, half is, is the building up. itself. The building that the uh, design Perfectly on the lined bill up. Yeah. Is, uh, depicts, basically. Yeah. And it's uh, Zhongshan Hall on Yummy Mountain, so it's a ways to go. I mean, you have to drive up there, I think. I mean, but it's near Taipei. It's not yeah. unreasonable. Right, right. It's a yeah. day trip. Okay. I know. But he really did a good job. And if, actually, some netizens were commenting like, wow, how did you do that without the picture getting blurry? And he said, it was no hassle at all. I just took a photo of the building and then another photo of him holding the bill and then used Photoshop oh, and lined cheating. them up. Oh, come on. Come on, if you're going to do this. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, so he didn't go there? No, he went. I'm oh, sure he did. He went, okay, okay, okay. What, 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 that, that, that's okay. what it counts. <laughs> but you know, the, the real challenge is to see if you can like actually take a photo 
of the bank note with, held up yeah. against the building and you with a camera in the other hand. Right. Oh, well, well, that would have been hard. It would have been. Because then the that's background. That's the challenges. Yeah, that, then the background would really be blurry. So I can see that. Anyway, something about this Zhongshan Hall is really quite interesting because I remember a couple, maybe a year ago, um, someone called up, you know, RTI mm -hmm. and asked the English service if they would want to send someone to teach twice six-hour class on uh, on uh, for the uh, tour guides of the building itself because it's a historical building. Why that class? And, Why, um, hold on. Aren't they supposed to be the experts? Why are we but in English. Them? Oh, in English. Yeah. Okay. They want them to be become it, bilingual it tour guides. a rather historic building. It is. But it wasn't just that uh, bill. There's another one. I That's, guess also Photoshop. I hope he did go here, although it is a kind of a, a difficult... Well, not difficult, but uh, it, it is a long oh, way. Yeah, this if you are a good mountain climber and all that. And get so a permit. So it's the, uh, oh, right. And it's the new Taiwan $1,000 bill. Very common Which is also. like 30 US dollars. Yes, mm -hmm. very common. And it's taken from the north peak of the of Mount, of Mount uh, Jade Mountain. Which is Taiwan's highest, highest peak. Point. It's also, Something I, I like understand, supposed to be the highest point in East 3, Asia. 3,000, what was it now? 3,952? Or is it 3,592? Anyway. And uh, you do need special permission to get there, but you can see it from a long way away. So I guess yeah. you wouldn't necessarily have to climb it to get the view. What is interesting is that he found the right spot. Yeah. Because it's depicted from a specific angle. Mm -hmm. And he totally lined it up, and it's just awesome. Hmm. So anyway, um, so someone was saying that, wow, if you can do it with these two banknotes, you can do it with the others as well. Yeah, but the problem is some of the others depict uh, like kids with a globe. Oh, no, but on the other side, it's got, wait, I don't have to find the You need to bill. find the exact kids, and okay. they're probably not kids anymore who were the models for that. Okay. Did you ever get a $200 bill? Those are rather rare. Very rare. I don't have them anymore. It's been a couple of years now. And um, that one, he said, was easy because it featured the presidential palace. Oh, the presidential office building. Presidential, yeah, office okay. building. And then... Um, well, that's in downtown. That's, yeah, that's, that's no a, problem at all. That's not pro no problem at all. But the $500 bill, which is a brown-colored uh, dollar bill... That's like a baseball team, doesn't it? Yes, but then on the other side, it's got... What was it? Some, It's got something in front, but in the back, it's actually the Da Ba Jian Mountain. So another mountain. Which we like our mountains. Difficult to climb uh, for him, apparently. Oh, he so climbed it. No, he didn't. Oh, he gave up. <laughs> yeah, well, he maybe he's going to tackle it someday, oh, sometime in the future. Oh, he didn't get to that one. Okay. Yeah, but he said that's a difficult one to tackle. The hardest one of all would probably be the one where they have the Taiwan blue magpie. Getting one of those birds to sit still would not be easy. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that wouldn't be easy. But I guess um, you know because like uh, a lot of other countries' um, dollar bills. Um, he's talking about ones that feature, you know, like landmarks. Well, he's going to have a hard time traveling so, right now, but... Yeah, but um, we do only just have those three, there are four, four many, dollar bills. But even but the is 500, 500 isn't as common. Yeah, I, we don't they get them, we get hear them very much about lot. that mountain in the background. You know, it's yeah. sort of like a, yeah, you have to see it. I just know it's, that because it has a cheering baseball team on the other side. On the other side, so, yeah. Which I think is probably the only sports depiction bill that i can think of you know usually you, have you like, mean in the world well let's think about it like usually you have like presidents or monarchs yes and yeah maybe some landmarks it's either landmarks or or a you cheering know, baseball leaders. team that's the only one that i yeah we may yeah. be so i don't know maybe maybe that his next project can t be to recreate the scenes that are depicted on them Ooh.
Scientists studying the problem of microplastics in the waters around Taiwan have, you know, they ran into a bit of a puzzle. During the summertime, the number, the amount of microplastics, the concentration goes up, like to a particularly mm -hmm. high level. And uh, so this group called the Kuroshio Ocean Education Foundation, now the Kuroshio is the name of a current yes. in the Pacific that flows off Taiwan's east coast and up towards Japan. Um, so that's where they get their name from. They conducted a study between June of last year and March that focused on waters in two specific parts of Taiwan where this problem is especially acute. That's off the northeast coast and the southwest coast, two opposite ends. Yeah. For some reason, these two points opposite one another have very high microplastic concentrations, and especially during the summer. Now, why is that? Uh, after collecting ocean samples from both of those regions through a year, they figured out that uh, it's it's styrofoam. Mm -hmm. And why is styrofoam? What do those two regions have in common? Um, there's a lot of oyster farming. Now, right. oysters and styrofoam, how do these go together? All right, well, uh, the people who farm them use styrofoam as sort of a buoy Mm -hmm. to keep the oyster racks afloat. I'm yeah. not sure why that's necessary, but apparently it is an essential part of the oyster farming process. Well, oyster in the shell could be heavy. I don't know. And it happens to be, though, especially in the Southwest, that the peak oyster farming season is from March to June. Once the oysters are harvested, the racks and the buoys are all taken to shore, right? And so we're in June now, right? The start of summer. Okay, and so what happens, though, is that inevitably some of these styrofoam buoys are swept out to sea where they start to break down into microplastics. Mm -hmm. A month or so later, you've got microplastics, and, and, that's, and it happens in a yearly cycle like that. So it's oyster farmers that are doing this, not deliberately, of course. And just the way that the currents are, and also the southwest has a lot of aquaculture to begin with, mm -hmm. uh, the northeast and southwest bits are the currents sort of carry it them just, or yeah. keep them there. Um, and so that's problem solved. But unfortunately, that's not the only source. And I think you and I and everyone else may need to be more conscious of our consumption habits uh, mm. because it turns out we're also to blame for the biggest part of it still. That's uh, the plastic bottles and packaging. That's still the largest source of uh, microplastics pollution around Taiwan. Yeah, um, but but uh, foam plastics do account in some test sites, I guess, near the oyster farms for up to 90%. So at least we're, we're not the worst offenders there. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting. It took them a year to figure this out, it sounds like. But yeah, 20 times higher in the summer than samples taken in the fall. I'm not sure why it is. Maybe they get swept out afterwards. They don't hang around. But yeah. for a short period, uh, if you were, for instance, to take... Uh, every cubic meter of water off Keelung, hypothetically, if you could do that and analyze it, that would be a, there would be like 25 pieces of microplastic. That's the same as 50,000 pieces of plastic in a, in a, I can't say it, in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Okay. So, uh, yeah, lots of plastic. Lots of plastic. Mm. But I can't imagine life without plastic. Well, I've heard of some... biodegradable plastics that they're working on. I don't know. Oh, they're still working on it? I'm not sure. You but. know, I think they used to be biodegradable, like these garbage bags, and they used to have like a scent, like flower scent on it. But I don't see them anymore at, at, at like Carrefour, at, at Hypermarts. They used to have them. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, 
but uh, maybe step one mm. will probably be uh, because it says in some places 90% during the summertime. Uh, step one, now that they know where all this is coming from, is figuring out some alternative to styrofoam. Like other things float too, right? Yeah. And the styrofoam, it, it breaks down, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe having more sustainable and non-polluting floating material. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to keep these oyster racks out of the water. Uh, I know. We have to watch out for our marine animals. And we're an island, you know, you know we're, well, a bun with a bunch of islands offshore, too. I mean, so there's just water all around. You can't, mm. it's, yeah. We need to think about these things, I guess. New Taipei City is trying to do all kinds of things. We told you about, I think it was last week, about them trying to turn the city bilingual, starting with, you know, school programs, English programs. Now they're also turning to Southeast Asia as well. Yeah, well, this is, uh, uh, you know, an idea from New Taipei City government. And, uh, you know, it's got the largest population of new immigrants in Taiwan, and they're all in, you know, around the New Taipei area. So they want to launch a program aiming at developing the merits of second-generation immigrants. So right. the new and immigrants and their children. And these yeah. immigrants are largely, maybe almost entirely, uh, well, no, there are some, there are a fair number who have parents from China as well. But uh, a large number anyway are from Southeast, Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia have one countries. Southeast Asian parent and one yes. Taiwanese parent. Right. So apparently starting from September 10th, 10 schools you know, in New Taipei City will be launching a special Southeast Asian cultural club in each school. Hmm. So what that means is like things like, uh, let me see here. Um, for example, the Ximen uh, uh, Elementary School. They're going to kickstart a school club teaching students filming techniques in order to promote Southeast Asian culture How through short films. Okay. Yeah. So it's just um, teaching these kids how to... Um, make short films so promoting their own culture and their countries. Future uh, documentary. You know. Yeah, yeah, makers. yeah. Okay. Exactly. And then also, like for example, municipal Shuangxi High School, they're going to launch a Vietnamese language learning club. That's a fun language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you you're learning it. You have you mastered? You think? No. You can you carry a conversation with a local? Um. Um, <laughs> it's a fun language. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and you love Vietnam, so that's why. Um, that's why. Um, that's why that's you, a, that's you, you want thing. to learn the language. Well, we've got a lot of Vietnamese immigrants here. We do. We do. So it's an important language to learn. So some of the facts that Mayor, um, you know, New Taipei City Mayor Ho Youyi was saying that there are more than thirty-nine thousand new immigrant students in New Taipei City, and and so this project is going to be co-funded. I mean, that's a lot you know, uh, of kids. And, um, you know, this project is actually going to be co-funded by the National Taiwan University of Science and Technology and also another university. It's the uh, Zili, uh, Zili University of Technology, uh, Cathay Charity Foundation, and Taipei Culture Foundation. I wonder why all these universities of technology are getting involved. They want to diversify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I suppose. You know what? We, um, I was telling you about this yoga class that I took, right? Yes. Now, uh, she's actually an assistant professor at National Time University in wellness. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I'm thinking like NTU, usually you think about, you know, these engineering classes or engineering majors or, or law or whatever. Or but never think of wellness. Academic, yeah. Yeah, you well, know what? 
But there are these kids, uh, sorry, students who are like maybe engineering major or you know law major or I don't know, you know, electrical engineering major. They're taking this wellness class. They feel like they need it and they're loving it because it's you know it's teaching them to de-stress and relax and all that. Well, so I'm diversify. Glad, I'm glad that um these uh, schools are at least attempting to you know embrace this diversity yeah uh, i know that well and we should be clear a lot of these students themselves are not new immigrants one one of their parents usually is and the other parent is usually taiwanese right so right they're born here for the most part mm -hmm. uh but uh I, I have heard stories of people maybe being singled out or not. Maybe, maybe, I don't think there's a real problem with discrimination here, but no, um, it is good yeah, that, but, you know, people can say, look, this is part of who I am. And yeah. and we do, we have been striving, I think, uh, to connect more with our Southern mm -hmm. neighbors to the South than we have in the past. I think Yeah, we used to look largely to uh, Western countries, to Japan, to South Korea, to China. And uh, well, we're, we need to, Especially with so many uh, people with Southeast Asian backgrounds coming here. Right. And, you know, think about it. They're third culture kids. I'm a third culture kid. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes we go through, you know, trouble figuring out our identity. I mean, mm. you know, we do go through those kind of crises. So I think it's it's great for them to, you know, be proud of their background yeah. and their, you know, um, yeah, their, you know, which country they're representing and so um basically the mayor was saying that they're cultivating new immigrants uh you know this way of cultivating new immigrants is uh, among six major vision projects for the next 10 years they hope that the you six know major projects wow they're very ambitious is they, the english, they are is the english thing we mentioned one of them um i'm not sure i'm sure it is probably <laughs> it, it probably is right and and the thing is that you know we really want to uh Give attention to these new immigrants in 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 Taiwan, because um, it's it's a hard thing for them to maybe try to mingle, you know, to get adjusted, and so I think especially a new Taipei city government is putting a lot of attention mm -hmm. in filling their needs, meeting their needs, including like the fisheries agency, yeah. you know, because we have uh, foreign fishermen on Taiwanese fishing boats. Right. And um, they're because uh, the director general of the fisheries agency was just here at the radio st station for an interview in Taiwanese. Mm -hmm. And um, he was saying how that they're thinking of maybe letting these ships dock um, in Taiwan. Which is and then let them Yeah. And then letting them have some time off. Their treatment has, is uh, can be atrocious. Yeah. It is, a, it is. I think it was cited in the U.S. State Department's uh, Human Rights Report for Taiwan that that is one area in which definitely yes. uh, Taiwan has room for improvement. I so. know, yeah. But uh, more than, more than uh, getting new immigrants here to feel welcome, I think it's also uh, being done because they're hoping that these kids don't, like, forget their roots because... Uh, the, the the idea seems to be w that we can have a generation of Taiw young Taiwanese people who feel at home in Southeast Asian cultures and countries and who can, uh, like, for instance, work for Taiwanese companies there. It's a it's a way of uh, bridging, building bridges, you know, mm. not just having them be Taiwanese. Yeah. Having them be have a dual identity that way. It, mm. it benefits Taiwan. Right. Yeah, we do really have a higher population of these, you know, new immigrant students because the education department of New Taipei City said that there are 1,000 students in local schools along the city's north coast, making up 17% of the total number of students in the city. Hmm. So, so that's really high percentage, you know, of yeah. new, yeah, in proportion of new immigrant students. So 
we have to meet their needs. And they're growing up, they're growing older. <laughs> Now they can, you know, give back, I guess, and also be, you know, try to share uh, their culture, background, and, you know, yeah, differences. There you go. Okay, well, the new school year is starting, but for people who graduated at the end of last semester, getting a new job is hard to do. Yeah, we're talking about a survey that was conducted um, like the first two weeks of August. About 60% of 1,200-some respondents were still looking for work, while only close to 41% had found a job. Only. So we're talking about the graduates, you know, this year who are looking for a full-time job for the first time. Okay. Right. So among those who have not found full-time employment, 71% had yet to find a job, while 29% were unhappy with their new jobs <laughs> and had already quit looking for a new job. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to say something here. Okay. I think Surely that, soapbox. Yeah, because my son just graduated this year too. Okay. And I think any job, You know, don't be picky about the first job you have, mm. whether you like it or not, because you can learn and grow from any job you take up. Oh, that's good. That's you know, good advice. It, it, I think it's true. Um, okay, I know that my son is not into nine to five, sitting in an office kind of job. So he's working for a place where it's like half a uh, sort of like a painting gallery space, free space, and half cafe. Wow. And people can come in, and they're not taught how to paint. But they buy the different size of canvases available, and they can use as much of the paint and material that they have there. But you have four hours um, to just sit there and paint whatever masterpiece you have. So it's an artist's yeah, studio. Space. Yes, yeah. For amateurs. Right, and he's <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah, he's there almost a month now, Is and he's he an instructor. No, no, because you don't teach. They don't teach you how to paint. Oh, you just come in there. You just freestyle. You just do whatever you want because the person to open the store believes that everyone is born with creativity in them. You can create, mm. no matter how much you think you're not. In my creative. case, creativity perhaps, artistic talent, not at all. <laughs> you just haven't gotten yourself a try <laughs> in front, standing in front of a blank canvas. Right. You so know? that actually sounds like not a bad first job at all. All right, yeah, he's yeah he's so lucky. So your son's it. lucky then. Yes, well, true. among the lucky he's ones, lucky. So um, he, it, you know, this report goes on to say that first-time job seekers sent out an average of 20 letters before they get a job interview, not a job, a job interview. And 5.4 interviews before they get an offer. So if you do the math, it actually means that um, on the average, first-time job seekers have to submit 108 resumes before they can land on a job. I think that's typical of even older so. people. It's not yeah. uh, even in a good job market. That's that's I not unusual. I never had to submit this many though when I first find a job in the states mm -hmm. when I graduated from college there. But anyway. Yeah, that seems like a lot, but it, it takes perseverance and then just patience and hanging there, you it know? It does. It really does. And the survey has also um, revealed a psychological impact on job seekers, with 90% of the respondents citing economic factors as the main pressure. Well, that's what that's what you have a job for. That's why you have a job. And responding to multiple choice questions on how to overcome the economic difficulties, 70% said that they are supported by parents or relatives, and 50% say they live on personal savings. Now... 38% said they take part-time jobs as a result. 14% said they had to pawn personal belongings. Ooh. 
Okay. Yeah, I was going like, whoa. <laughs> and bad. then 6.6% were able to secure loans from financial institutions. Yeah, that can be hard because they actually look at your financial background to see whether it's credit. credit. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's like a vicious cycle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so. <sighs> oh, well, um, I think that uh, come this time next year, thankfully, COVID-19 hasn't totally wrecked everything. Mm. So uh, but there it's are still, still jobs out there. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, in that regard, maybe they're luckier than their counterparts overseas. Mm, that's right. true. Well, that just about does it for today's episode of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Stay tuned for more Shirley in just a moment. That's on Jukebox Republic, coming up next. Just tune into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. Hey, I've got good news. I'm really happy with my home right now. Why? Because somehow from the start of this year, I have this urge to beautify my house, like to do things around my house. And my colleague, John, he was saying that his roommate was doing the same thing. He said, does it have to do with the pandemic? I said, I don't know. But maybe because, you know, we've been so cooped up at home, you know, we started getting picky about everything around the house. And then I also said, well, maybe it's because I'm an empty nester, along with my husband, Big John. We're empty nesters. Anyway, the important thing is that now I'm happy with the house I live in, and that's all that matters. I'll tell you all about it after this song. This song is Xin Man Yi Zu, I'm Content, by Peng Wei Hua.小小的风放开春天的往事
怪你，最后还是选择孤独，是我让你哭。如今我愿意承担这样的痛苦，这一切都是我的错误。但愿有人真心付出，给你幸福，我就心满意足。我一定为你。在风雨里停止摆渡，陪我走这段崎岖的路。不怪你，最后还是选择孤独，是我让你哭。如今我愿意承担这样的痛苦，这一切都是我的错误。但愿有人真心付出，给你幸福。我。就心满意足，我一定为你祝福。All right, that was 心满意足 That means content by Hong Weihua. You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm talking about being content with、um, my apartment,、um, which actually I've lived in for seven, eight years now. I can't remember. Yeah, that was funny. That song just now was a love song, a sad love song. It was actually talking about. How this boyfriend and girlfriend broke up, and then I, and then the guy wishes the woman well, and as long as I give you happiness and wish you well, then I'm content. Something like that. Oh yes, um, can't help with the、uh, the fact that they're all love songs. All right. So anyway, talking about why I'm so content with my house、uh, this year, um,、uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. I just got into the urge of you know changing things around the house, buying new things for the house. Okay, so it started with changing the new glass doors to the two bathrooms in the apartment. The glass doors separate the shower area from the rest. Okay, so in the bathroom. So we've,、um, like I said, we've lived in the apartment for seven years, and the old ones were really grotesque. I mean, because it was getting moldy in some places where, as much as I tried to clean them, they wouldn't come off. So I complained about its design too, because that's why it, you know it's moldy, it's dirty, and I can't clean it well. Anyway, so I've got new ones. I'm really glad with the new ones, and I make sure that every time after I use it, you know the bathroom, I make sure I, I kind of like you know clean down.、Uh, I mean,、uh, what do you call it? Like you know, like brush down the water droplets on the door、uh, on the glass doors so that it doesn't get all staining and dirty again. Anyway, well, I hope I keep this good habit. I'm doing that now. And then we got a new toilet, a bidet, actually, for the master's bedroom. Now that was nice. Now I wasn't that happy in the beginning because I complained to my husband, Big John, why he chose an expensive one. But it turned out to be awesome because it comes with a deodorizer. So that meant, you know, like the bathroom hardly ever stinks again when you, you know, when we do the big business. You know what I mean? The poop. Yes. Anyway. Uh, what else? So,、um, okay, so this is something really small, but I got a new wa- mouthwash cup for my hubby 
because the old one was just getting so gross, just like the glass doors. Um, the new one is a see-through acrylic kind of material, and so it's not that obvious, even if it's dirty. Ha ha. Anyway, so I'm glad with that. Then, um, oh, Big John went shopping one day by himself without me knowing, and got tons of containers, big and small ones, looking like you know baskets or like these boxed boxes. Yeah, boxes. I got mad because I was thinking like, why did you get so many? What's the point? Well, he said he wanted to organize and categorize his gadgets for vlogging. And as I complained, he proceeded to put all my toiletry into one of those containers, and that shut my mouth up, because then my stuff looked so organized and neat in one corner. And then, um, yeah, so that 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 was a nice touch. And then I proceeded to put his electric razor and also the you know the the long clumsy coil electric wire that comes with it and his toothpaste in another smaller container and put that in his corner so i said okay so that's your corner and this is my corner and now i'm happy it it really makes me brushing my teeth and putting on night cream before bedtime a pleasure now you know because i see my bathroom being really neat well the next thing i'm going to talk about is changes i made to the kitchen but before that let's have a song like I said, I'm content. 十分满意, 100% content by Xiang Huiling, featuring Wu Junhong. Kinkin wa tem ni shinku, nun e shinku. 
你才丰富，爱你胜过世间的所有。不管他风也是雨，牵你的手长长又久久。爱就是无论咱变偌老，感情变甲偌久，互相陪伴斗阵扶持。爱就是关于民国几年，身边有钱无钱，咱伫做快乐舒适。爱就是为你忍耐，教我体谅，爱你爱到百年。爱就是完全牺牲，拢无保留，你是今生阮最爱的唯一。你是阮的人，你是阮的天，十爱就是无论咱变偌老，感情变甲偌久，互相陪伴斗阵扶持。爱就是关于民国几年，身边有钱无钱，咱伫做快乐舒适。爱就是为你忍耐，教我体谅，爱你爱到百年。爱就是完全牺牲，拢无保留，你是今生阮最爱。Okay, now to the kitchen. We used to have like about ten mugs that were all like giveaways or gifts with all kinds of logos and writings on them, and I was getting tired of them. So I said, I want to get my own. I want to choose the ones that I like. And then I also thought about all the mismatching bowls I had, and I was tired of that too. So Big John and I went to IKEA one day and got eight new mugs, two of each kind, and four new bowls. And boy, am I happy with them all! Every time I use a new mug, I couldn't help but have a big smile on my face and said to myself, "I have good taste." So as long as I'm happy, here's a song: 开心就好 As long as I'm happy, by Huang Yi.
脚直来往前冲，不管他三七二十一，先闯一闯再说。就算撞得头破血流也没关系，我不怕痛。你的爱情哲学实在让人搞不懂，又要风流要会教我，还要能攻不白土。你的条件太过苛刻，先等一等，我想想再说。把烦恼忘掉，比较不会老。人生不就是这样纷纷扰扰？开心就好，人生多么无聊。永远能聚在一起，就应该偷笑。把烦恼忘掉，比较不会老。人生不就是这样纷纷扰扰？开心就好，人生多么无聊。把烦恼忘掉，比较不会老。人生不就是这样纷纷扰扰？开心就好，人生多么无聊。永远能聚在一起，就应该偷笑。把烦恼忘掉，比较不会老。人生不就是这样？Unfortunately, there's one thing I didn't get to, though, and that's finding a new set of plates. We're talking about these big plates、um, for special occasions. When I would have about ten people at my house for steak, lamb chops. It's always the same menu: steak, lamb chops, homemade Caesar salad and dressing, homemade creamy pumpkin soup, and risotto. Okay, these ten people I'm talking about are my parents, my in-laws, and then my three children. Well, I mean, my oldest daughter is now in Shanghai. Okay, so then my son-in-law. Okay, my second daughter got married, right? And and Big John and I. So, all right. Well, that's nine people. Every time when it's someone's birthday or Mother's Day or Father's Day, they would all come to my house, and we would have the same menu every time. Nothing else, because that's just what our four elderly members love. The plates I have now were actually hand-me-downs from my mother-in-law. And I really, really want to find ones I like, but I haven't found any. I'm picky, I guess. So I just have to be happy with the one I,、uh, with the ones I have right now. But of course, how can I forget? After my second daughter got、uh, married, her room became the guest room. So we got rid of her single bed, and now it's replaced with a double bed. And I keep it very clean, well, neat, I would say. And with a nice bed cover over it. Well, it was from my mother-in-law, but a nice one. And、um, it, you know, it's just very simple, nothing fancy. But I just love the fact that I have a guest room in my house, and I can welcome anybody who wants to come stay over. But of course, you know, like my daughter, who got the one who got married, Clarita, and her son-in-law. You know, I think they've been over and spent a night twice, maybe so far since they've gotten married half a year ago. And、um, yeah, I just like the way that my house is not. Cluttered. Although there are still a lot of things that Big John just like to keep, and I can't touch them. I can't do anything about them. Although I try to get rid of clutter, which so I'm very good at at like storing things away. But I have a problem now is that I tend to forget where I store them. Yeah, that can be a problem. But I just like the way my house is clean and neat, neat, orderly.、Um, I wouldn't say clean, although we do have a what do you call it? A, a robot vacuum cleaner. Yeah. 
So that's very nice. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, these little things I like to do around the house. And it makes me feel very happy looking forward to going home every night after work at RTI. So it's just been a very interesting year. I, I, I don't know where it came from, this urge to, you know, change everything to new things, you know, around my house. But uh, um, it's getting there and I'm loving it. And yeah, there are some little things that I'm just going to go around and say and telling you about them. For example, we have a, a balcony where we hang our laundry. And I used to have this really dirty uh, pair of slippers that I, you know, leave out there to, to slip into when I go onto the balcony. And I thought, you know, the last time I thought, what, what am I doing still using this dirty, like really gross looking pair of slippers? So I got new ones and I'm glad with that. You know, it just made my day. Can you believe it? Well, that's it for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. And I just want to say I have a nice, comfortable cage. Well, that's the name of the song. Um, but all right, let's just say nice, comfortable abode by Liang Xinyi. Actually, it's Lara Veronin. I've interviewed her before. She's great.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.